Open your Bible to Revelation chapter 12. Back in chapter 11, verse 12, it said, They heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither, and they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Now verse 1 of chapter 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and Upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast him to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered. The reason he did this, he wanted to devour her child as soon as it, the child was born. And she brought forth a man-child, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was called up to God and into his throne to sit at the right hand of the Father, making an intercession for us. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that she should feed, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and he prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven for that old dragon. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused him before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood of the flood of heresy. And the earth helped the woman. Well, how did the earth help the woman? The earth swallowed, opened her mouth, 
and swallowed up that flood of heresy which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. I pointed out that here John is seeing. What he is seeing, he's seeing the time from the time that Christ came into this earth in the days in which we live till the day that Christ will come back and take his church out of this world. John is taken up, and now he sees things from a different perspective. It's like if you were standing up on a mountain, you see things differently than you would see them in a valley. And every time I think about this, I remember years ago I had to do some work on the top of this no, it was not really that tall. It was just the highest peak in Wilkes County where we lived. And I had somebody had bought the property and built a real nice house up on top. And it was in the wintertime. And somebody that was working there, they said, oh, come here, I want to show you something. Walked out on the porch, and it is 70 miles to Charlotte, North Carolina. 70 miles. That's a pretty good distance. And you get to looking. I go, really? You could, and you could see them. Once you saw it, you could see it. But you couldn't just see it from anywhere. That's what he said. He saw it from a different perspective. He saw it spiritually is how he saw these things. And I'll never, it's just like seeing those. I could see the the buildings in Charlotte, and then I could see the buildings in Winston-Salem. And I've never forgot it, seeing it. I would have said, you're crazy, you can't see it. Now, if it had been on a cloudy day, you'd have never saw it. But it was a clear day, and it was, it was just clear. And this is what John sees. He's taken up, and he sees things from a different perspective. What John sees is symbolic. These are not literal things. This is where a lot of people miss it when they try to understand the book of Revelation. And this book is a revelation of Jesus Christ in the salvation of his church. He said he saw a great wonder. Here in verses 1 through 4, John sees three things. He sees a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, in her head a crown of 12 stars. Now this woman in this verse does not speak of the Virgin Mary. This woman in this verse and this woman in this whole chapter speaks of his church in this earth because how does God bring his people into this world? He brings them through his church. That's how he brings them. He said, I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. And she's in this world. In in Galatians 4, verse 26, But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all, and as is written, Rejoice, thou barren, that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. So this woman, the dragon will persecute, is his church. The church, she's made up of all the redeemed, both the saints of the Old Testament and the New Testament. To the world, the church seems very insignificant. 
They look upon the church, the real church, with scorn. But to the church, she's all glorious. It says she's adorned with the sun, the moon, and the stars. She's clothed in his perfect righteousness. She is in heaven above all things, seated with her husband at the right hand of the Father. She wears a crown of stars upon her head. That signifies her victory. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. What I want you to see is we're no match for the world. But what we see is what is going, what has been going on. This is not, this is not just something in the future. This is something that has been going on from the time that Christ, the man of God, the perfect man, was born into this world and to the time that he will come back and take his church home. That's what this is setting forth all through the ages I can I read I was reading behind some good men, even Gil. He said this is talking about Constantine whenever he lived. You know, come on now. You know, it's not talking about I know it maybe could apply to those saints, but it applies to Christ and his church. If you miss that, you misunderstand the whole book. And this is how we understand it. He is showing us what is going on in this world today, what is going on behind the scenes. This is what's always been going on. This struggle between good and evil. Secondly, he sees this woman getting ready to have a child. The woman is in travail to give birth. Without travail, as I said earlier, without conviction, there's no life. Without travail, and I know today we live in a an age when a medican, there's medicine and different things where, where men, women don't feel the pain they once did. But before those things happened, travail was real. I've heard of a lot of women almost dying just in giving birth. She, she was in travail. Why? A man-child is to be born into the world. What, what do we see in the Old Testament? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David, and Solomon, and all those men, you know what they are? They're the church. They're the church in the Old Testament. Christ was in them, and he used them to bring about, and he chose a virgin to bring about his church, Christ, into this world, his church. Of his own will beget he us with the word of truth that we should be kind of firstfruits of his creatures. And the angel said unto Mary, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. You know, that's how you're born again. The Holy Spirit shall overshadow you, and he gives you life. And you know what? You're born into this world. And you think about it, this dragon standing there waiting to devour that child as soon as it's born. man-child that was born who came. Why didn't he come into this world? To save sinners. How's he going to save sinners? As I said earlier in the first lesson, he's going to destroy the works of the devil. That through death, 
He will destroy him that had the power of death and deliver us who were all of our lifetime subject to bondage. What a wonder that God would take upon himself human flesh to save his elect. The third thing we see, John sees a dragon. This is Satan. This is Lucifer. He's seen in heaven prior to being cast out and cast down to the earth and to hell. In verse 9 it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. You know what he did in the Old Testament? He deceived the whole world. You think about it. The only people who knew about God. Now I know people knew in creation. I understand that. But the only people who had the law was the Jewish nation. The rest of them, the Hittites, Hivites, Jerusites, all the other rites, they were in darkness. Satan had deceived them. Kept them in darkness all those years. But now we know that after Christ came and empowered his church, he takes the gospel into all the world. Devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world, he was cast into the earth. And, he, and his angels were cast here with him. Listen to this. And there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves to the Lord in the book of Job, and Satan also came among them. If you would turn to Isaiah 14, I want to show you this. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? I want you to see these. Notice the little word, I. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. It was his pride. He said, this is what I will do. Our Lord said, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Now, now come the time. He deceived the nations all these years, but now it's different. Somebody's going to defeat him. He has seven crowns upon his head. What does this set forth? This sets forth or represents the dominion that he has given in the earth. Whatever dominion he has, it was given to him. Never forget, he's Lucifer, he's Satan, he's God's devil, and he served God's purpose. Someone said he's like a pit bulldog on a chain. He can only do what the Lord allows him to do, and he does. 
Let me give you a couple of scriptures. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, where in time past ye walked, we all walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And that's how he works. They are taken captive by him at his will. They're children of disobedience. But then in the last part of that chapter, I was going to try to deal just specifically with this, but it worked in in Ephesians 6, verse 12. In the last part of that book, he says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, putting on the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand against the wiles of who? Against the wiles of the devil. Why? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I don't explain. I don't, there's no way I can explain what that means. I just know that there's things we wrestle against. And when you wrestle against something, men being knows exactly what that is to wrestle. It's, it's not one guy standing on, the, on one side of a mat and another guy on the other just talking about each other. Just telling them what they're going to do. No, they get in the middle of the mat. And the objective is, is for one to pin the other one down till he submits. We wrestle not, and we do wrestle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And they rule. He rules by the power that the Lord has given him. You notice it says, the stars that fail. Who are these stars that fail with him? They are the reprobate angels that followed him and his rebellion against God. They are the elect angels who are ministering spirits sent forth to minister unto and for them who are the heirs of salvation. And what about the others? They're reprobates. They were left alone. Jesus didn't come and take upon himself the nature of angels and die for those angels. They were left alone. Jude 1.6, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, hath he reserved in everlasting change unto darkness unto the judgment of the great day. 2 Peter 2.4, If God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, to the fulfilling of God's law. Then it says, ten horns. This speaks of his destructive power, his pride. All these elements, all this, deprived, this power is employed for one reason. The destruction of that man-child that's born into this world. As he stood before, as soon as he was born, to devour that child. The Lord made it clear to the serpent in the garden that, that a crushed head was in his future. And that the seed of the woman would be the one that would crush his head, and he did. You're going to cause the Son of God to suffer by him hanging on the cross. But in doing that, he's going to crush your head. He's going to crush your authority. But no matter what he tried to do, 
no matter how hard he tried, you know what? She brought forth a man-child. Thank God she did. You know why God destroyed the world in the flood? The sons of God, these are not angels, the sons of God, the sons of Seth, saw the daughters of men. Satan wants to pollute the seed. He wants to hinder him from coming into the world. And every man's thought was on evil. I was on evil continually. But God said, I'm going to bring him to pass. He's coming. The first promise, God said, the seed of the woman's going to bruise the head of the serpent. He stirred up Herod as soon as our Lord was born to kill the little boys. He defeated Satan in the wilderness. And then on Calvary, that's where Satan received his whipping. He's defeated. He's cast out. And now he comes down with great wrath because he knows his, he hath but a, a little season. He don't know how much time he has. He just knows he has a little time. Salvation was not only Satan's defeat, but Christ conquered Satan. I'm sorry, Satan, Calvary was not Satan's defeat of Christ. He didn't defeat Christ, but it was Christ conquering of Satan. He defeated him, conquered him. Conquered death, hell, and the grave. He conquered it. Who did he conquer it for? His people to deliver us. And our Lord sent it back to, to the Father, and he rules with a rod of iron. He rules. Revelation eleven fifteen. And the seventh angel sounded, and there was a great voice in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Now, verse 7 says there was war in heaven. This is not maybe literal heaven, but this is, means this is a spiritual war. Like I said, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. This is a spiritual war. It is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle in here. It's a spiritual conflict, a conflict. Satan was defeated by Christ many times when he walked upon this earth. He defeated Satan when he cast out demons. You ever notice that when he came to them, they said, We know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Did you come to torment us before the time? He said, Hold your peace. And how did he conquer them? He cast them out by his word. This war is spiritual, though the result is the same. Satan is defeated, and that gives us the true nature of the conflict. Notice it talks about Michael. What does the name Michael mean? It means one who is like God, 
or one who is God. So when you read the word Michael, you know who that's speaking of? There's really only one angel, and it's the angel of the covenant. It's Jesus Christ. It's his battle. He threw him out. He cast him down. He's described before titles in verse 9. He's disguised or described as the great dragon. He's called the great dragon because he's full of rage against God and against his church. The great dragon. Then he's the old serpent. He's the great deceiver. He deceived Eve. Then he's referred to as the devil and Satan. And the reason he's called these names is because he accuses God's saints. And to see, he seeks, if he could, to turn God against his people. And he would seek to turn us against God. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies us. You don't see him accusing. Read the first couple chapters of Job. And the Lord, you remember this, the Lord brought it up. He said, have you considered my servant Job that there's none like him in all the earth? There's none like him in all the earth. He said, Job don't serve you for naught. You've blessed everything he's got and he's got a hedge about him. He knew he couldn't get to him because God protected him. He said, you touch him. He said, you take everything he's got and Job will curse you to your face. See him accusing Job before God and God said, okay, okay. You can touch everything he's got, but you can't touch him. You think about that. He could only do what the Lord allowed him to do. All of his children died, all of his flocks, all of his, all of his servants. Because you'll read it talks about one servant said, I was escaped to come and tell you there's nobody left. Another servant come, there's nobody left. And that's what Satan said. But you know what Job said? The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then he come again, and he said, skin for skin, everything a man's got, he'll give to save himself. The Lord said, okay, you can touch him, but you can't kill him. If he hadn't have said that, he'd have killed him. He would have killed him. If God didn't protect you, he'd destroy every one of us, I'm telling you. His angels are ministering spirits. They encamp round about them that fear him. There was a hedge. Joe probably couldn't see the hedge. We can't see the hedge. But it's there. The accuser that has been cast out of heaven has been cast out of his power over the nations. He's cast out. The one who helped the Gentile world in bondage, idolatry, and ignorance throughout the Old Testament era was cast out by Christ and that he can no longer deceive the nations. You know why? He raises up his church. 
And he sent forth his church into all the world. He said, you go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He didn't say that before. He said, you don't go to any of the Gentiles. You just go to the house of of Israel. But after he gave his life and conquered, then he sent them into the whole world. Now he gathers his elect from the four corners of the world. In Romans 11, verse 25, he said, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. And so all Israel shall be saved. All spiritual Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away in godliness from Jacob. In verse 10 and 11, Salvation is always spoken of as a fact that is finished. The accuser of the brethren is cast out. How was he overcome? By the blood of the Lamb. It says, we, how, did we, how do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And then it said, they came, overcame him by their physical life because they knew their life was nothing to them. Verse 12 through 17. Though Satan is defeated, and we know that he is, he's been cast out of heaven, and he comes down with great wrath. Why does he come down with with great wrath? He persecutes his church. He cannot do any harm to the child of God. And because of this, the church rejoices. He knows his days are numbered. So he's doing everything he can to aggravate the church. Why? He wants to hinder the gospel. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost lest the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them who believe not. He wants to hide the gospel from them. But the church is protected. She's protected and nourished. It says he give her two wings to fly into the wilderness. Don't you see this? He wants to destroy the woman. So he opens, it said, he opens his mouth and this flood comes out of his mouth and he wants this flood to destroy the church. Destroy her. And it says, the earth helped the woman. Did you know this earth helps his church? That's how she's always done. That's the purpose she serves. Well, how did she help the woman that he was persecuting, that he intended to Overcome. She opened her mouth and swallowed it up. There must needs be heresies, and there is, many of them. And he sends them forth to destroy his church, and the earth just swallows it up. Just look at them. They just swallow it up. 
I don't know, probably if y'all, some of y'all have probably saw on the news this week about that university out there in Kentucky. Some of you may not have. They're they, they calling it a revival. Uh, I, I pray that it's of God. If it, if it is of God, you can't stop it. But if it's not of God, it'll come to nothing. But what bothered me was it was nothing more but about testimonies. It was nothing more about people coming to the front of the church and singing and, and praying and those things. And then they list these two people who had a part in it. Where's the preaching of the gospel? I pray it's real. They said it happened back in the 70s. It lasted for a whole week. But they said people are coming from all over the world. You know why? Those people are looking for something. Something that's real. I pray they're not deceived. I don't know. I can't see their heart. He sure got some people's attention, that's for sure. It did make evening news. They go, what's going on here? What's going on? Satan, if he could, he would, he would destroy in a heartbeat every gospel church there is. Sandy said something, told, told me one day, and I never thought about it until after we was gone. When Brother Henry passed away, in that building that day, it is probably untelling how many grace churches was in that building. If that building had a fail, and God could have allowed it, wonder how many gospel preachers there would have not been upon this earth. He preserves us. He keeps us. He does. For false Christ and false prophets shall arise and shall so show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the very elect. Like I said, we hope that things that are going on, we pray that they're real. The Lord knows. Hath not the potter the power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and one another unto dishonor? Our Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to take from this this morning who rules this universe, causes the earth and that all that it therein is to serve the people of God to help the church. You mean even her swallowing up that heresy? Yeah. Why ain't you deceived? If it were possible, they're going to show such signs and wonders that they should deceive the very elect. I happened to click looking on my emails this morning, and somebody that I know sent me. I have not received a text in some time, and I know what it is that they sent. It's a message that some woman preached on healing. You believe in healing? Well, sure I do. It's all divine healing, but I can tell you it's the healing of the soul. There's many people that the Lord healed their body and they probably wound up in hell. It's just a picture of the spiritual healing. That's what I need. He bore my, by, my, by his stripes. We are healed. We just want to focus on healing? Some of God's people really suffer. Suffer. And they suffer for years. 
Satan hates the church, and he makes war with her, but he cannot harm her because she has the gospel. As he provided a place for his church, he provides a place of safety. And you know what that place is? It's in Christ. That's how we're kept. The scripture says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. You get that part first. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Bow to him, surrender to him. Not my will, but thine be done. Then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It's not that he flees from you, he flees from him. We submit to him. We have no, we have no power against him. We're nothing against Satan. People will say, well, I'm, I would just tell him to go on back to hell. They don't know what they're talking about. But he's defeated. What a wonder that John saw from his lofty view.